Hello. Hi everyone. Here I am for our second episode. And they say and I believe that starting is always the hardest part, but once you get that out of the way, you'll find the rest of the journey much easier. And I made it from the first episode and I'm thankful for those who are giving my podcast a chance and that includes you who are listening right now. And I hope that you are safe, you are healthy and doing well together with your loved ones, especially at this time of crisis. A lot of things, a lot of crazy things are happening You know, we are living through one of the most challenging times and we need stories more than ever to stay hopeful and to help us make sense of what's happening. And as promised, I'll be discussing about books that started it all for me. These books I first read when I was younger <laughs> from college to the first few years of being a young adult professional because those were the times when I truly started reading and the way I qualify them these are the books that I just couldn't put down because they were either inspiring or thrilling or exciting you know reading is also a form of entertainment and during those times these books truly entertained me Um, they help me momentarily escape, you know, the, the everyday life. And uh, before we continue, I just want to let you know that I am in the process of creating an online community where we can continue our conversations and where you can also share your thoughts. So please stay tuned. I'll be announcing that in the near future. And also a disclaimer, I'm not a literary expert, but I'll discuss books the way I've experienced them. And just like any other form of art, we experience literature and stories in different ways. It is very subjective because it also depends on where we are coming from, our background, our mood at that time, the time when we we're consuming them and you know perhaps our season in life i hope you have a cup of tea or coffee with you because i think this will be a longer episode than our first and if you're doing something else like if you're cleaning or cooking that's fine as well so please waste your time with me and let's get started again man Valenzuela recording from the Philippines here in Books and Lovers. All right, so for our first book, of course, let's love our own. Uh, para kay B, kung paano dinevastate ng pag-ibig ang 4 out of 5 sa atin. Written by Ricky Lee, who is a famous and award-winning screenwriter in the Philippines. So, the idea from the title itself, if I translate it in English, that 4 out of 5 people will not be lucky in love. That only 1 out of 5 will receive a happy ending. 
So, may kota daw ang pag-ibig. That's actually a theory from the writer which will be expounded and represented through the five stories. So, this book is a collection of five short stories, each chapter with a featured character. Each chapter has its own situation. Some of the situations are rarely seen or heard, you know, in a normal context because they are uncomfortable, um, tragic, disturbing. I'll give you an example. The most memorable story for me is about Sandra, who belongs to a seemingly ideal family if you're looking from the outside. I hope I still remember it correctly. But uh, Sandra is someone who falls in love with her biological brother. So imagine, right, from that itself, you know, it's quite an uncomfortable situation to be in. So it's a story of longing that will never be fulfilled because, understandably, everyone around them is against it. So this collection is a heartbreaking narration of the complications of love, which we all love to hear, right? Lalo na kung Pilipino ka, gusto natin yung mga tipong pang MMK, di ba? Yung very cinematic. So, um, You know, stories of unrequited love, of regrets, of bitter memories, the dark side of love, of loving truthfully but sometimes facing negative consequences. And then Rikili effectively synthesizes everything at the end. So these are not your usual stories that give us wonderful feels, chocolates and flowers, but it's something that you know is happening um, uh, in other people. My favorite quote from this book I have here, written, Hindi mo pwedeng mahalin ang isang tao nang hindi mo minamahal ang hilaga, silangan, timog at kanduran ng kanyang mga paniniwala. Kapag nagmahal kay, dapat mong tanggapin bawat letra ng kanyang birth certificate kasama na doon ang kanyang dibag, thought, at bad breath. And here's another quote. Ang great love mo, hindi mo makakatuluyan. Ang makakatuluyan mo ay yung correct love. Sabi. Ayun. Ganda, di ba? So, simple, maaring mababa yung mga kwento dito, pero malalim yung pinagpuhugutan. Totoo. At para sa ating mga Pilipino, kasi nangyayari to. Nangyayari yung mga kwentong to, pero ito yung mga kwentong hindi natin masyadong naririnig kasi uncomfortable. So, um, and Rikili has this cinematic way of telling the stories, and I think it's also coming from his background as a screenwriter. I like how flawed but likable and relatable the characters are. I love those fantastical elements he included and in how he also wrote in a way that is easy to understand but has a poetic vibe to it. So I read it in 2010, and... I still remember how amazed I was after reading it and how this book made me feel overall. Sayang wala na yung kopya ko. May nanghiram tapos hindi binalik. But that's para kay B written by Ricky Lee. Second book is an American literature entitled A Wrinkle in Time published in the early 60s. Um, when I was doing a bit of research, it says that this novel is a young adult novel. 
But I would also consider this more of a, I think more of a science fantasy novel just because its setting is a mixed fantasy and science fiction. You know, the characters traveling through space and time from galaxy to galaxy in order to save the world. It has all of those feels of a science fantasy novel. Um, but perhaps it's young adult because this book is targeted to adolescents, which represent the main characters. And this novel is considered a classic. I actually have a paperback copy beside me and I got the one with the beautiful modern cover. I think I bought it three years ago and I kept it with me and did not let it go. Even during the time when I was decluttering and selling some of my books. I read this many years ago and this is one of those that I wish I've read as a child because it's very imaginative, visually descriptive. And it's definitely a perfect example of reading a book, you know, to momentarily escape. This book, the way it made me feel, actually reminds me of Chronicles of Narnia by C.S. Lewis and Coraline by Neil Gaiman. So going back to A Wrinkle in Time, how did I know about this book? I read an interview of Anne Lamont. Anne Lamont is one of my favorite writers because I find her spiritual writing funny and hilarious. And in that interview, she mentioned about this book and how this book helped her growing up as it captures the grief and sense of isolation she felt as a child. So I read it and ended up loving it. And this book transfixed me because it has... All of the basic elements of fantasy that will excite you, you know, space and time travel and all those fantastical wonder and adventure. And it's a good book also that I would recommend that you can read to your child um, because it is so imaginative. And I think science fiction always is. And because of all those lessons about conflicts of love, good versus evil, higher purpose of saving the world, things like that. Science fiction or young adult for that matter is not always my cup of tea to be honest. But I remember enjoying this. And here's a favorite quote from the book. Life with its rules, its obligations, its freedoms. It's like a sonnet. You're given the form, but you have to write the sonnet yourself. Beautiful. All right, so for our next book, is again from a Filipino writer whom we all know and love in the Philippines. And this book is Abana Kabasa na Palaho by Bab Ong, whose real identity remains to be a mystery, which I think added to his charm as a writer. And you would think that since he's been en- enjoying immense popularity for the past two decades, he should have already revealed himself, right? Um, I remember when I went to grad school, I took this creative writing class, comedy writing, as one of my electives. And my professor was the poet Paolo Manalo. And apparently, he was also suspected to be Bab Ong, but he denied it. And a lot of people were suspected, but his 
identity was never confirmed. And many years ago, Anthony, my husband, also played the role of Pab Ong in an indie film. He was a support cast because the story revolves more on the three young adults who are jobless but who blackmail the mysterious Bab Ong. So, you know, just some indirect experiences with Bab Ong as a writer and as a personality. Anyway, when I checked this book, um, it was published in 2001. And this is also Bab Ong's first novel, apparently, which narrates what are supposedly his personal memories from his earliest days as a pupil, as a student, until his first few years as a working young adult. I think that the charm of Bab Ong as a writer is, you know, his conversational Filipino with his taglish colloquial language, his humor, um, his welcome sarcasm, his reflective depictions of our everyday life as Filipinos. And because he writes simply, everyone can read his works. Um, Babong is just one of those writers that are definitely not intimidating. You know, um, anyone can read this book, um, as I've mentioned earlier. And and since his settings and his voice are colloquial in language and are reflective depictions of everyday life. So everyone can definitely relate to his works. I remember having the green copy. It's a small, thin book, but with a lot of insights and humor, super entertaining and and nostalgic as it brings you back to your own childhood. Because his feelings and the way he views and experiences the world around him are familiar. I don't remember much about the story as it was a long time ago, but I just remember enjoying this so much. And Bab Ong is one of those Filipino writers that just made reading fun and reachable. I still have to read these other books, but um, here's a favorite quote from the book. Nakalimutan na ng tao ang kabanalan niya na mas marami pa siyang alam kesa sa nakasulat sa transcript of records niya. Mas marami pa siyang kayang gawin kesa sa nakalista sa resume niya at mas mataas ang halaga niya kesa sa presyo nakasulat sa payslip niya tuwing sweldo. And here's another one. Mar- madaming teacher sa labas ng eskwelahan, desisyon mo kung kanino ka magpapaturo. Diba? Fourth novel is The Solitaire's Mystery, which was written by Justin Gardner, a Norwegian author, and he wrote this book in 1990. Justin is one of the most underrated writers for me because I don't always see him or his works in Bookstagram or Booktube, but I enjoy his writing. I, I read Sophie's World many years ago, uh, and Sophie's World is his most popular novel. I also read The Christmas Mystery, A Letter to St. Augustine, and recently The Orange Girl. And he often writes stories within stories, and always from the perspective of children, exploring their sense of wonder and curiosity, which I think 
connects to why there is always a philosophical slant and content in his stories. Because just like children who may ask the basic questions, uh, but these basic questions are the ones that are sometimes difficult to answer, right? Like where we came from. So, Solitaire's Mystery, this is a story about a young son and a father who are on a trip through Europe, starting from Norway, which is their home country, going to Greece, which is the birthplace of philosophy. The reason why they are doing this is also because they want to find this young boy's mother who left them many years ago. And along the way, they received this mysterious miniature book which contains a fantastic story of a sailor shipwreck on a strange, mysterious, beautiful island where a deck of cards come to life. And only for them to realize later on that this miniature book, the story that is there, um, is actually telling a story about their life. You know, it's also a reflection of what they are going through emotionally that them finding this small book is of no accident. And going back to the deck of cards um, as live characters, I like how each, for example, Joker and Ace of Hearts represent something. Um, Each of them has its own personality quirks that are also reminiscent of the people around us. But them playing and embracing their role you know they they unify the world around them so it has those common elements of exploring the meaning of life family friendship divinity while being immersed by how imaginative this book is i read it many many years ago and it was just so enjoyable and at that time i found it so clever you know the whole idea but I'm not sure if I will receive it the same way um, if I'll read it again because apparently when I check online it has mixed reviews. This book also reminds me of my classmate in grad school. Hi Tin if you're listening. So she mentioned one day um, that this was also one of her favorite books and I was so happy when I heard that knowing someone in my Circle also loved this not-so-popular book. And one of my favorite quotes, how terribly sad it was that people are made in such a way that they get used to something as extraordinary as living. Next is uh, The Screwtape Letters by the one and only C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis holds a special place in my heart and in the coming episodes, you will hear more of him and his works because he helped me tremendously in my journey of faith, especially in in, in times when I doubt and question. He helped me see my faith in a deeper, more objective, unconventional way and even academic way. But to be honest, I had a difficulty reading his non-fiction Christian apologetics in college. I just always needed to read it twice or thrice, but I like how he expounds what you already believe in by heart. 
he doesn't just validate what you already believe in but he also encourages you to question his works are always interested in presenting the arguments about the existence of god the existence of pain and joy miracles the meaning of love from a spiritual philosophical perspective C.S. Lewis was a philosopher, a Christian apologist, from being an atheist, a theologian, and also a great storyteller, by the way, because he wrote the fantastical Chronicles of Narnia. And The Screwtape Letters is one of his fiction books, which I enjoyed so much. If not, you know, obviously, it will not be on this list. And this was published in early 40s. And the story takes the form of a series of letters from a senior demon, Screwtape, to his nephew, Wormwood, a junior junior demon tempter, and um, to whom Screwtape is also mentoring. So the uncle's mentorship uh, per- pertains to the nephew's responsibility in securing the damnation of a British man um, known only in the book as The Patient. Uh, Screwtape gives Wormwood detailed advice on various methods on how to undermine God's words in the mind of the patient. You know, how to create doubts about God's existence and God's love for that matter. It's like you're reading a philosophical book because of Screwtape's arguments against God. Tapos pinapagalitan niya si Wormwood kapag pakiramdam niya yung the patient is getting closer to God. My chapter when the patient converts to Christianity and Screwtape is not pleased. So, you know, reading this book, it has a very interesting, intriguing, unique premise because honestly, I believe that there is indeed a spiritual warfare. It's happening. It's real. You know, just like when we are watching a movie, it's always interesting to know how the villain thinks, especially those villains whom we know to be smart and intelligent and cunning. Of course, this is fiction, but it's interesting because it also makes you think about how you live your life, about how your decisions are based on a lot of factors, perhaps in the way we are tempted by the forces we don't see about the things that are happening right now, the role of reason in our Christian life, and as I've mentioned earlier, the spiritual warfare that are happening behind the scene that we don't know of. Here's a favorite quote, um, and this was by Screwtape. Do not be deceived, Wormwood. Our cause is never more in danger than when a human no longer desiring but still intending to do our enemy's will, looks round upon a universe from which every trace of him seems to have vanished and asks why he has been forsaken and still obeys. Next book, To Kill a Mockingbird by Harper Lee. Uh, this is an American classic literature, um, winning a Pulitzer Prize. This book is very popular and they teach this in literature classes, not just in America, but even in world literature, 
because it covers a lot of political and societal issues that are you know i think still relevant today the racial inequality at that time in america rape good versus evil sense of community perspective of a child in the middle of complicated adult situations and even though it is a classic literature to which i don't usually gravitate to i still enjoyed it because the writing was simple with interesting and relatable characters it's a beautiful story it's not boring just like other classic books you may have read and experienced and Atticus Finch who is the narrator's father is such an epic character he always have the best lines in the book he embodies compassion courage fatherhood integrity and reading this book you know his conversations with his child the courtroom scenes for example just fill your heart with warmth and I, I don't think I need to expound it or elaborate it, but because you will read so much about it online, so many reviews written about this, but for me, this deserves to be on this list because it really inspired me to read more. You know, me wanting to find more characters like Atticus Finch that will inspire me also to become the best version of myself. You know, someone who's more compassionate and someone who lives with integrity and someone who does the right thing. And favorite quote from the book, I wanted you to see what real courage is instead of getting the idea that courage is a man with a gun in his head, in his hand. It's when you know you're licked before you begin but you begin anyway and see it through no matter what. Next is The Alchemist by Paolo Coelho. Uh, you know, this book is superstar in the world of literature just because it's so famous everyone knows about this book to be honest when i read this again just recently i found it cheesy and too idealistic i think it's because i am in a different season now perhaps you know having more layered perspective from experience or perhaps it sounded like a modern self-help already or maybe because this book has been quoted many times that it is just too familiar already. However, I remember reading this the first time in college. Um, you know, it just gives you that feeling of life being magical, that everything is possible, that if you want something, all the universe conspires in helping you to achieve it, as said in the quote. <laughs> Um, you know, it just made me believe that after graduation, I will set out into this wonderful, epic adventure where I will see exotic people and experience magical feelings. That's the effect of The Alchemist when I first read it, which I think was very important for me at that time because it inspired me to read more, find more stories that 
you know, give you those magical, exciting feelings, right? And I ended up reading his other books like 11 Minutes, Fifth Mountain, Veronica Decides to Die, Warrior of the Light, and my favorite of all Paolo Coelho books, By the River Piedra, I Sat Down and Wept. While the magic of Paolo Coelho for me is not the same as compared before, but I'm still grateful of his works because I feel like I read them in my earlier years during the time when I needed to feel that way and also because the journey of his characters are spiritually motivated which speaks to, to who I am as well. And here's a favorite quote, one of my favorite quotes. When we love, we always strive to become better than we are. When we strive to become better than we are, everything around us becomes better too. Last but not the least, Sidney Sheldon's crime and thriller books. I started reading Sidney Sheldon in first year college, and which was also the reason why, once upon a time, I wanted to become a lawyer, inspired by one of his female lead characters. And I noticed that he loved writing about women, you know, capable, talented, ambitious, independent women, but who still maintain their femininity. Of course, that is always inspiring, especially for a young female reader like me. I don't have a specific book to discuss today, but I enjoyed all of his books, uh, specifically the Midnight series, uh, The Other Side of Midnight and The Memories of Midnight. I also enjoyed The Stars Shine Down, The Best Laid Plans, and Rage of Angels. Um, I don't think I've read all of his books already, but I, I, I can say that I, I read a lot. Um, and reading Sheldon is one of those reading experiences where you can be up all night because you just can't wait what will happen next. Ito yung mga panahong lagi ako napapagalitan kasi hindi pa ako natutulog. And his books are perfect example of intense and emotional roller coaster, couldn't put down reading experience. Again, I'm not sure if I will feel the same way if I'll reread these books, but during those times, it was truly enjoyable and addictive. Something that I look forward every weekend or kapag walang pasok. His books just remind me of, of college, you know, specifically during weekends. So here's a quote from Memories of Midnight. But loving and being in love are two different things. Yes, that's all for me. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I would love to hear yours too. Ang haba, napagod ako sa totoo lang. Ang haba ng ating episode for today. And um, I, I hope in the future I'll be able to invite guests um, who can also share and discuss you know, these stories, these books with me. Again, I will create a Facebook group or a Facebook page where we can engage where you can also share your thoughts and where we can continue our conversation i will update you very soon thanks for those who are 
listening and who are supporting my podcast. And for me, I hope to upload more episodes as this is also my way of inspiring and pushing myself to read more beautiful stories that we can all learn from. Again, thanks very much. For now, please take care of yourself. This is Mea and Valenzuela from Books and Lovers. Thank you. Bye.